Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with veteran Canadian jazz saxophonist P.J. Perry. He took time to discuss his latest 2019 CD, This Quiet Room. So as a young man, he played at Sylvan Lake and in various Vancouver nightclubs, and that would lead to a career where he has shared the stage with legends like Dizzy Gillespie, Woody Shaw, Pepper Adams, Tom Harrell, Slide Hampton, Joe LaBarbera, Red Rodney, and so many others. Over a very long and storied career, he was the winner of the 1993 Juno Award for Best Jazz Recording and so many other honors, and even an honorary doctorate he talked about. He gets into all of this and so much more, so please get to know this fascinating musician and dig this interview, my friends. So, PJ, thank you for taking a minute out for Neon Jazz. It's an honor to speak with you. Yeah, it's lovely to be here with you, Joe. What I want to do is dive right in here and talk about your latest CD, which is a wonderful one called The Quiet Room. And I want to know from you, what was your artistic vision with this project? Well, great. So, um, you know, that's a very, a very uh, interesting question and, and a good one because because the, the main thrust of my career, of course, is playing lead alto in big bands and, and playing in bop quintets and quartets, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm 77 years old now. I'm getting a trifle more romantic in my uh, in my musical um, vision. And uh, I'm very familiar with Bill, Bill Mays' piano playing, of course, because we've played together in, in different organizations throughout the years. And I was well aware of his playing, and we're friends. And uh, I, I'm embracing the more intimate aspects of... Um, of music, I was going to say jazz, but uh, I, you know, I, I I shy away from using the word jazz at, at this particular time because because I'm thinking in terms of just making music and connecting emotionally with with music, and and my audience, and uh, so as as a result, I I selected uh, Bill for this project because because of his uh, well his artistry and his ability to to put all these wonderful voicings in his chord changes he he'll take he'll take the a standard composition and uh, and, and and add lovely lovely chordal nuances to the to the music that uh, that give it a fresh and, and a kind of a lush romantic feel you know, and it all started with me many years ago when when I started playing without drums. I, I started doing a series of concerts with just with either guitar and bass, or maybe piano and bass, and and I found that it was a great discipline for me to do to do that because there wasn't anywhere to hide. It what it did with me was is that it made it made me aware of trying to play clean. And think about what I was doing. Like put put more emphasis on selecting the the right notes and playing clean, and uh, be, because because of the fact that there wasn't the drums in in terms of volume, all, all of a sudden I found that I was having to pay play pay far more attention to playing the saxophone cleanly. And and in, interestingly enough, I have. I, I find it interesting you're phoning, phoning from Kansas City because, of course, as everybody in the world knows, Charlie Parker was from that city. And uh, and I, I keep a quote on the wall of my office of Charlie Parker's, that, and, and I will quote it, and Charlie Parker said, it's just music, it's playing clean and looking for the pretty notes. And, and uh, unquote. 
and and I understand that because it um I I guess it's the difference between having experience and and the sort of getting getting the horn mastery of the horn under your fingers as opposed to going through the learning process which we all of course have to do. So that that basically what is is why I why I've done a couple of recordings with either just with the trio or or with or 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 with the, in a duo situation is is that it gives me an opportunity to play pretty songs look for the pretty notes and try to play clean and and try and try to find the intimacy and the beauty of uh, of the music I think you captured it on this desk <laughs> I think so so Let's go back to the beginning of your life. Where were you born and raised, and kind of how did you get involved with music? Well, I was very fortunate. My father was a good tenor player, and uh, and he had a dance hall in a resort in in central Alberta, in Canada. He owned the dance hall, and he had a dance band. It was very progressive. He he would he had the opportunity to well, first of all, we played seven nights a week which was uh, like going to university, sitting next to all of these great musicians, because my, my dad was able to hire young musicians that would have just come out of music schools, like Berkeley or Westlake in California, and and musicians from Vancouver and, uh, and, uh, and some from Toronto that went on to very distinguished careers in Canadian and North American jazz music. Like for instance, one one summer we had Ralph Grusin playing piano with us, who went on to become the first piano call in the in the studio scene in in, in Hollywood. And many many really great musicians, too many to to talk about right now. But so my da- my dad had a dance band, like I say, that played seven nights a week all summer long. So when I was fourteen years old, he gave me the baritone chair and. Uh, and I was sitting next to my uncle, who played lead alto, and my father was playing tenor, and, and, and we would have a really good rhythm section. And, and we played all the standard material, all the, all the dance band material, plus a little bit of R&B. And, uh, and, and the dance hall, of course, would be vacant and empty during the day, and the band cabin was next door, so there, was, there, were, there were jam sessions practically every day. And uh, during during the afternoons, and so that was where I first heard jazz music. And and every once in a while, a good a good band would come through town from Kansas City or from St. Louis, and uh, and would play uh, occasionally uh, at the dance hall as well, and sometimes stay with my mom and dad. And they would they would uh, sometimes have a, a, a portable record player with the latest Clifford Brown records or the Jazz Messenger recordings and. And I and I was exposed to uh, Sonny Rollins and Clifford Brown and Charlie Parker and uh, all of, all of that music at a very young age and and for some reason I heard the beauty of it and uh, and decided at that point in time very young in my life that that was what I wanted to do because it it resounded with me emotionally that was that was why I was so lucky is that I had an opportunity. That doesn't that doesn't seem to exist anymore. So, is being on the stage just kind of a natural extension of who you are? Is it is it a very has it always been a comfortable place for you? No, uh, quite quite the opposite. Um, I, I've had to deal with um, with nerves and 
and fears and all and all kinds of um, all ki- all kinds of emotional problems uh, throughout my life. That uh, at one time I tried to deal with with alcohol and drugs, and um, and then found, of course, that the end result of that kind of thinking was disaster. And uh, luckily was able to put a halt to all of that and uh, and realize I, the the great secret for me was to find out that I'm a human being and that I'm allowed to make mistakes once in a while and, uh, and with that kind of knowledge and with all of the experience that I've had through the years now now when I go on stage I uh, I feel comfortable and in control it was a long process Joe yeah absolutely so you've had the fortunate chance to be with the likes of Dizzy Gillespie, Woody Shaw, uh, Kenny Wheeler, Tom Harrell, Slide Hampton, the list goes on. What did you learn from them about being a musician? I mean, when you're around that, at least by osmosis, if not more, you have to soak up so much. Well, I suppose that's true. I, uh, I, I, you know, I, I found like like minds in 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 the sense that that they that they knew the value and the beauty of what we were doing in other words they they also ded- dedicated their lives to trying to perfect their art that's always good to know that um that, that what you what you're doing is, is important and shared by other people you know in 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 the jazz world uh, the, the audience is such a minority that um that some sometimes it would it would be easy to lose track and 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 and, and perhaps find a, find a, a way of diluting the, the the importance of jazz music and when when i associated with those people and heard 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 first of all was able to see and hear the work that they put into their art uh, it it just gave me a, a little more comfort about uh, basically the difficulty of trying to maintain the jazz career. So I've always wondered, in 2007, you got an honorary doctorate. What's that like after living your life and, and dedicating your life to what you love to get something that big bestowed on you? How did it feel? It's an incredible excitement. And, 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 and one, of, one of those deep, one of those deep appreciations that, um, it you know yeah it's a good question Joe because you know like there's very little honor amongst uh, very very little feedback uh, at least in the first stages of uh, a jazz career and and to have received that was 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 very heartfelt and very warm and what made it even sweeter was is that uh, without my knowledge there was a, a a big band of my friends sitting in the pit under the stage the day that I received the honor and when I walked out on the stage in the gown and all, and in all of the paraphernalia and I walked out uh, all of a sudden this big band started playing and I looked down and there were all my friends smiling and playing a, a jazz piece in my honor down in in the pit so it was like one of those delicious uh, days uh, that I will always remember. So the beauty about our education is either people that are listeners and, and lovers of the craft like me or practitioners like you is that you get to see live shows, and that makes a really big impact on you. What was one of the first live jazz shows you witnessed that just was like, wow, it blew away? Well, I was very lucky. Uh, I was around uh, as a very young person d- during the time that jazz at the Philharmonic, Norman Grant's tour, 
was touring the country. So my father took me to hear Lester Young and Ella Fitzgerald, who I later, by the way, got to play in the same club with later in my career. But uh, I, I was able able to hear um, a, a jazz at the Philharmonic concert that, um, needless to say, was very profound and something that I will always remember. And uh, I, I also I also got in high school that the famous um, Mexican trumpet player. He wasn't a jazz player, but and his name is escaping me. But this wonderful jazz musician, or, I mean, wonderful trumpet player, came through my high school and uh, and played all by himself on the stage. And and that also touched me. He played so beautifully. Rafael yeah. Rafael Mendez. Okay. I heard Wonderful. Rafael Mendez as as a kid that was very instrumental in my in my life. So after all of these years of being a performer, being on many stages in many areas of the world, what has been the most satisfying thing about being a musician, about dedicating your life to this music that you love? Well, that's easy. It's it's the knowledge that I that I stuck by my guns that I maintained my um, knowledge and belief that what I was doing was valid. And so I had many many opportunities to have done different things in my life, different things musically, and and of course had to do some in order to survive, like playing in big bands, uh, maybe doing a television show or a talk show or things like that where where I could pay the bills. But but mainly the fact that, that... that I that I've always known the value and and the beauty of jazz music that it hasn't it hasn't diminished one iota through the years. I still I still listen to Charlie Parker's music. I hear something different every time I I hear it, and every time I hear it, I say, My God, what a raving genius! And how beautiful that soul must have been. And the same with with many other musicians. And so it's the knowledge that. That uh, that I I have involved my life with something extremely valuable and extremely beautiful, and uh, I I can take that to my grave and with a smile on my face. Let's say tonight you have a vivid dream and you run into yourself forty years younger, and you have the chance to give your younger self advice. What are you going to tell your younger self? Well, you know, they, I I just, I can't help but just say the old cliched. Uh, Corny old, uh, follow follow your dreams, follow your beliefs, stick to your guns. Always, always try to do the best that you can with what what you're doing. Don't settle for second best. Always strive, and and know that someday that 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 the work will pay off in some way or another. Nothing, I I believe that nothing valuable in life comes without hard work. And yeah. um, and so that would that would be the advice that I would give myself: just work hard. You know, after all of these years, you were lucky to see Norman Grant, and that had to be incredible. And you've seen so much in the movement of jazz over your life, and it's still very relevant today. There's a lot of educational programs. There's there's multitudes of cats around the world. Why is jazz relevant? Why will jazz continue to stay relevant in our world? Well, that uh, is the, that. That also is, I think, fairly easy to 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 explain. And, and the answer is is that it encompasses all of the great things in music. 
it 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 has so much variety and is so and is so is is so eclectic that it never gets boring. It, it to, in order to to play jazz at a high level re- requires extremely beautiful tone production. It requires technique. It requires phrasing. It requires emotion. It requires uh, fire. It it, it requires. Uh, all all of the disciplines of any form of music all all combined into one, and so uh, I, I consider it to be a, an extremely an extremely high a high art form, uh, and, and not not to disparage other types of music. I mean, classical music is, has a beauty of its own, of course, but what happens in jazz music it, it requires at least the musicianship of those kinds of musicians, but also uh, in a cre- in, uh, displaying creativity and improvisation at the same time so that uh, when when you hear when you hear a really accomplished jazz band on a good night it's it's the, it's the highest form of music that one can ever hear as far as i'm concerned i agree so everything's going to come down to this everyone has a version or interpretation of who they think you are your family your friends your fans, but you know yourself best. Who do you think you are? I don't think that I'm extremely talented. I, I have lots of friends that are way more talented than I am. But I but I think that I have perhaps a greater love of the music than most. And and as as a result, um I think I think I've just been able to stay at it all this time and work work really hard. And accomplish what I wanted to do, not necessarily through raw talent, but through love and through hard work. So that's who I am. That's someone who just, I guess, cared cared so much and and loved the music so much that I I just continued continued working at it and 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 would go home after a frustrating bad night of music and. And feeling like crap over having screwed up and not played well, and feeling emotionally drained, and then getting up the next day and and putting uh, taking the horn out of the case and getting at it again the next day. So it hasn't been easy, but uh, I think the the love the love and the care has sustained me through all of those dark times. That's a great answer. This has been a great revealing talk pj thank you for opening up about your world of music your insights and for all of the great music you've given the world i appreciate it i'm grateful for the opportunity thank you joe thanks for listening and tuning in to another neon jazz interview where we give you a bit of insight into the finest cats in alberta canada new york city kansas city and spots all over the world giving fans all that jazz and thanks to pj for his time cool and stories If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com. And for everything Neon Jazz all the time, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.